Welcome to Season 2 of the Looking Ahead podcast by Ahead CTO Eric Kaplan. In this episode, Eric and Cohesity founder and CEO Moet Aaron discuss the power of data management to heal fragmented data, perform better backups, and support business continuity. Enjoy the episode. Welcome, Moet. Uh, we're joined today by Moet Aaron, CEO and founder of Cohesity. I'm excited to have you on today. Uh, Mohit's background is extremely impressive. Time at Google, building the Google file system, founder of Nutanix, building that platform for several years, and then founder uh, and CEO of Cohesity. So welcome, Mohit. Great to have you here today. Thank you, Eric. And it's great to be here. So maybe we could just start out and given your broad history of building large distributed systems, what was the genesis, the idea behind building Cohesity uh, when you started several years back? Yeah, I think the genesis of the idea, I would say, um, even though it was not clear that this is worth a company, but some of the problem I saw while I was at Nutanix, uh, you know, uh, the problem was that we found that people were hesitating to back up a Nutanix. And that was not great. Nutanix was a young company at the time and we were scared that um, something would go wrong and they'll lose their data. And we would ask them, what's, what's, what's up? Why aren't you, you know, backing it up? And, and they would say that backups are too complex and um, they're even more expensive than a Nutanix. So Nutanix, you know, if you roughly think about a iceberg, Nutanix is basically the tip of the iceberg. It's the production data. And then everything else is uh, is below the uh, surface of water, so backups gonna fall there. And if if you're saying that backups are more complex and more expensive than the production stuff, it's basically equivalent to saying that you're going and buying a Tesla, and then the insurance is more complicated and more expensive than the Tesla itself, right? That didn't make any sense, and I didn't think much of that at that time, but. Um, but when I uh, eventually left Nutanix, uh, you know, the technology was mature and uh, the company was doing really well. That's when I started looking deeper into this. So I knew there was a problem in backups, but it's never a good idea to just jump on like what's very apparent. Uh, it's always good to take a step back and look at if there is a bigger problem here. And I did indeed find that bigger problem. And that was that you know, that lower part of the iceberg that I mentioned, I call it secondary data, um, you know, roughly the second touch of data, if you may, it's not just backups, but it's also um, analytics and test and development and filers and archival and all that nice stuff. All that is just fragmented. It is sitting in silos being catered to by different vendors. And even within backups, of course, there is complexity and fragmentation. I mean, you have to go to buy, buy backup software from one vendor, uh, then you need a number of pieces of hardware on which to run that backup software. These are your media servers, proxies and whatnot. And then you have to go buy storage from yet another vendor on which to put the backup data. Um, and none of this scales out in a Google-like fashion. Recoveries are very complex. So there was a problem within backups, but more generally there was a problem in whole of the secondary data. And so I'm like, okay, let's solve that problem. That's become, that becomes our vision to solve that bigger problem. And then as the vision expanded, it became more of a data management company. So starting with backups, I always am a big fan of 
starting with an entry point, you know, just like Google started with search and then went on to do Gmail and YouTube and so many other things. We started with backups, but our, our vision was always to do more. So we built a platform where backups was just the first entry point or use case, but then it went on to consolidate analytics, filers, object storage, archival, and even the cloud onto this platform. So that was sort of the bigger vision, starting with something mundane, something simple that people need right away, but going on to solving a bigger problem. It's great to hear. And I think, you know, like you said, starting with one thing and focusing on that is really important. It builds credibility, allows your team to focus. Uh, but today the platform is more than just backup. You have uh, operational recovery, disaster recovery, you know, either cyber recovery use cases, file object. So it's really that, as you said, that bigger piece of the uh, iceberg that you guys are tackling. What are some of the just interesting impacts that you've seen your customers have that uh, surprised you beyond just you know faster recoveries or avoiding a disaster? What what one or two examples might you share with uh, us today? Yeah, absolutely. Um... So given that this was built like a platform that logically spanned the data center and the cloud, I mean, the whole uh, drive was towards simplicity, make it simple to manage, right? I mean, I sometimes liken it to really Google. I mean, when we go to Google, we don't really see all that complexity behind the scenes. Uh, we see just the UI that we can use and that was really the intent. So the first, I would say the first, um, surprising use case that we came across was a, a big bank in Canada, one of the top 10. Um, they needed to move some of their on-prem physical server stuff to the cloud. And they were like scratching their heads, having a hard time how to do that. And with us, all they had to do was just back it up to Kuhizri. And then since Kuhizri is a logical platform that extends to um, the cloud, <laughs> through Kuhizri, they could just move that to the cloud. So a few buttons and it was done. Uh, and they were thrilled and of course we were thrilled. You know, uh, we never imagined that to be a use case when we were building the product, but it is a use case. Now you can use Kuhizri for migrating your, uh, your applications from on-premise to the cloud or back, right? So it's, it's one of them. Another one that I would say is, um, I think just the, the, the uh, there's a lot of confusion between on-premise and the cloud. Uh, some people say, uh, I don't want to go to the cloud. Some people say, well, you know, the future of tomorrow is the cloud. And I like to put forth the following view that on-premise is sort of like owning a house and the cloud is something that's available for rent. And there is just like in the real world, we have houses and we have hotels, um, you know, there's goodness in both. Right. Uh, the cloud is great for flexibility, just like hotels, but you know, sometimes it can also be very expensive. Um, and so providing this platform that kind of gives you the best of both worlds uh, brought up some very interesting use cases. You know, one of our customers, it's a SaaS company into, into planning and stuff. They were uh, really bothered by their cloud bills. Um, you know, you might have heard that yourself. Um, yes, we hear that every month, every, the first of every month when, you, when the bills arrive. Yeah, that's, you know, it's like, oh my God. Uh, and so they were uh, 
paying something like $200,000 per month on their cloud bill, which was, and growing fast. I mean, this was a young company had gone IPO recently. Um, and um, uh, they were nearly, you know, had decided to give up the cloud and go back to their data centers. And so we came into the picture, uh, you know, we had just sold them a, a backup uh, offering and we said, we can help you with that cloud bill. So we kind of extended our product to uh, run not just on-premise, but also in the cloud. And it just kind of looks like one platform is managed using a single UI. Uh, but whatever they were doing on the cloud, think about them now doing it through us. And we gave them the benefit of uh, deduplication, compression, and whatnot, which their applications were not getting. And as a result, their bills went down from $200,000 per month to nearly $20,000 per month, a factor of 10. So that was another very interesting use case that we can, you know, not, in, not only help them with reducing their uh, backup costs and making it simple, but also with their cloud costs, which have- Which in turn can fund the purchase of the platform itself. There you go, exactly. And so those were, I would say, you know, two very interesting use cases. And there were plenty of other use cases where people got hit with ransomware and their competitors were paying ransoms. And these guys were like, you know, we just, recovered it all using Kuhizri. You know, it's all up and done. And because of our fast recoveries, everything is up and running, no, no problem. And one of the customers even recently left a beautiful review on Gartner's Peer Insights that we totally depend on Kuhizri now. They saved uh, us from a very complicated uh, ransomware attack. Uh, and literally there was very little downtime as a result of Kuhizri being there. So it was very flattering. And I forwarded that to our board and board is like, you know, Mohit, that tells you, you're not just a backup company. You're doing so much more for customers. Like, yeah, that was the vision. <laughs> what, uh, you know, as you've expanded to support Amazon and Azure and workloads in the cloud, are there, were there any technical challenges that, uh, you know, the product has had to cope with and adapt to that were a surprise that you guys didn't think about? And, uh, we've really had to step back and say like, you know, we've had to make an architectural change or decision to support this? Uh, definitely a couple. Um, the first one I would uh, say is that, you know, cloud is all about OpEx, right? The, the more you run on the cloud, the more are right. going to be the And so think about uh, my team that architected the product. Our first entry was in the data center. So in the data center, we are kind of assuming that you have, our customers have their own hardware and you can keep all components of your system running all the time because it's the customer's right. own data center. But you try that um, in the cloud and each of those components is now, even though it's not doing anything, if it's an idle system, but it's taking up um, you know, the CPUs and it's charging the customers some money. So- yeah, what, The meter's running. That's right, the, the meter's running, exactly. And so one of the kind of the re, uh, architecture decisions we had to make was uh, don't run those components. Uh, well, first of all, don't have monolithic stuff, separate it out into components, uh, run it in a more modular fashion, and then bring down those components that don't need to run, uh, bring them up on demand and run them only when they're needed. So that way we, we can bring down the cloud bills. Uh, so that was uh, one of them. And then um, of course, um, you know, um, the cloud costs going further to optimize them. There is so much, so many different offerings between S3 and EBS and Glacier and uh, 
customers just want to set a policy and they want to forget about just optimize the hell away for them. So all those algorithms to transparently just move stuff and make things just happen behind the scenes uh, were definitely some some stuff. And then integrating with you know the beautiful services that these cloud vendors have, uh, some of that is still out ongoing, but we do want to provide that power to our customers that um, while they can just set policies and things just get done, but how about we can leverage some of the machine learning tools that maybe Amazon has built and integrate into them and that all that benefit uh, gets delivered to, to our customers transparently. So some of that had to be had to be done. And uh, I, I'm, I'm sure some of that will always keep on going on. It's a journey, not a destination. But I would say so those are some of the things that we had to do. So one of the interesting things about, uh, you know, when I think about your career is Google, you know, you think about scale, Nutanix was a scale out system. And you've obviously have to deal with, as we've just talked about scale in terms of uh, that iceberg. And, and ironically enough, uh, our theme, we just had our 2021 kickoff at ahead and our theme for the year is at scale, uh, where we're really seeing customers wanting uh, uh, move past dipping their toe into the water from a cloud perspective, from an automation perspective. When you look at you know, your time at Google and Nutanix and the work you're doing today, what are some lessons that you've learned over time uh, in regards to scale that you said, I never wanna make those mistakes again and here's how I'm gonna think about addressing the challenges of scale moving forward? Yeah, um, you know, one of the, well, there are, first of all, some good learnings and uh, some of the things that kind of don't do them again, that sort right. of stuff. Um, the good learnings, I think uh, when I was part of the team building the Google file system, um, it was perhaps the first true web scale file system in the world, right? Um, um, and one of the philosophies was that um, you can't assume that something will go down and someone will come running and fix it before something else goes down, right? That something that goes down can stay down for not just hours, it can stay down for months right. before somebody comes and replaces it or what have you. So the system needs to auto heal itself, even if some component is down and potentially stays down forever. Uh, and that has been one of the uh, core principles that has driven the design behind my former company, Nutanix, as well as cohesity. Truly anything can stay down and stay down. And uh, in terms of some learnings, um, you know, uh, in the past I've used uh, some of the open source tools like Zookeeper. And it's interesting now, I, I actually haven't kept tabs with the, the progress in Zookeeper, but at least a few years back, they used to run in like three nodes or what have you. And these three nodes became special um, and had to be treated specially. It would incredibly make your, it'll make your break fix incredibly hard. Right. So you have separate algorithms. If it's one of the zookeeper nodes, um, you treat it dif differently. If it's not, then you treat it differently. And your whole platform code has to kind of keep making those uh, special cases and stuff. So one of my learnings was never use a, a component. Uh, don't use an open source component that does this 
don't design an internal component that does this. That depends on only a few nodes. Like these three nodes are special. No, no, no. All components should be able to run on all the nodes nice. uh, and then adjust accordingly, right? No matter what fails, it should automatically be able to move around and, and figure out um, in the remaining nodes. Um, there's no special node in the system. Um, so there's going away from these special nodes is, uh, has been a big learning and, and Google used it very well. Uh, but I've seen mistakes being made in, in my past life along those. And those were definitely one of the, don't, don't go there. If there is a, a cheap component, we are getting open source, but it's running in a few nodes uh, and those nodes are going to be special. I'd go away from that uh, because it's going to be very hard to turn the clock back. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, when you have to, design systems around something special when you have to have that in mind as you maintain them upgrade them that just adds complexity that uh, potentially impacts availability customer experience etc um, if you if you look a couple years out you know you have access to all this data customers are now in this distributed multi-cloud world that they're living in um, are there any particularly their foundational technologies or interesting use cases that you see on the horizon uh, that you are thinking about? Maybe the technology isn't exactly ready yet. Maybe you're waiting for costs to come down for specific types of components or hardware. But where do you see the next couple of years uh, being able to take Cohesity in the platform uh, because customers who make investments, especially uh, in in you know the secondary tier, primary data tier, th these are the crown jewels of these organizations. So they're not thinking just in the moment of what they're trying to solve. Obviously, they're thinking many years ahead of uh, today, hopefully. So any thoughts uh, from a vision perspective on where you'd like to take the platform and interesting problems beyond just backup and DR and testing that even make the use cases and the platform more interesting than it is today. Absolutely, Eric. I think uh, I love to follow the, hard, the, the trends, not just the hardware trends, but where the world is going. I think uh, let's talk about a few trends. First of all, data is exploding, as we all know. It's the new oil. Uh, I don't even know every month how many you know, exabytes of data get produced in the world. Um, uh, that's one trend. The second trend is um, that network speeds are kind of not, I mean, they are growing, but they're not growing very fast. Uh, but the disk speeds uh, and the processing power and stuff is, is, I think, growing much faster than network speeds and stuff. So, so if you put all this together, what it tells you is that if you need to extract insights from your data, it is gonna become increasingly complex and expensive to keep copying around the data from one silo to the next one before you can extract those insights, right? Um, and so it also tells you that, you know, this approach, our vision has been to basically have one logical platform on which you can do multiple things. By the way, sometimes I draw an analogy to a smartphone. You know, before a smartphone, we all used to carry a phone, a pager, a music player, a camera, and blah, blah, blah. Right. And the smartphone came and gave you a phone to start with, but then you can use it as a GPS and a camera and a flashlight and blah, blah, blah. So, um, in a way, we are trying to do that. Uh, first, the data comes on the Cohesity platform by virtue of the fact that you might be doing backups. But now that you have this data on this humongously scalable platform, 
why does it make sense to copy the data out into a silo before you can do something with that data? Why not bring compute to the data and not the data to the compute, right? Because in the legacy world today, we are doing that. We are copying around data. And so right. that's bringing data to the compute. How about we do the reverse? Uh, we keep the data in one place and then uh, move around our computation, you know, with all the uh, modern techniques, containers and whatnot, you can actually move around computation much more efficiently. It's much thinner to move around. So detect where the data is and then move your compute close to it. So that's a, a very interesting uh, use case that's made possible through our vision of having this one uh, platform that spans your multi-cloud environment. And some use cases of that are already happening, you know, ransomware and malware in particular, cybersecurity, you know, uh, we have all this data that we now back up from customers. Uh, you know, if they need to find out if any of this is prone to a malware attack or something, they can just download uh, apps from our marketplace. So we literally have a marketplace just like a smartphone and then run those apps close to where the data sits. But extending that to the future, imagine compliance apps, imagine governance, imagine more security, imagine so much more that can be done without copying around data all over the place, right? So that's what we are very excited about. Something that was not possible without this vision where you have all these silos today, we call it the problem massive fragmentation, and that has now become possible. So we are really excited about that and solving more and more problems for our customers. Uh, because the more number of copies you have, higher your costs and sure. becomes unmanageable beyond a certain point. So getting a app from the store or your own, maybe even application, running that in the container, putting it close to the data, um, allows a you know, tremendous amount of flexibility and depending on what you open up and the API access to that. Uh, could be, you know, some very interesting use cases in terms of uh, just, you know, using data in unique ways. And obviously, uh, you know, complexity comes into play, as you said, once you create all these silos and copies and versions, we can minimize that through a, a logical platform. Things obviously become a lot easier and simpler at the end of the day. And I think from my perspective, just working in uh, storage and working with enterprises for many years, uh, you know, customers are inundated by managing all this data, the complexity that it uh, provide or it produces within their organization. And it's, uh, it's amazing how many people are required to not provide value on top of the data or to the organization as a whole, but just to manage the underlying uh, data itself. And if we can make that a lot simpler, then those resources can obviously be applied elsewhere uh, to drive insider value or some other capability in the enterprise. Yeah, one of our customers is one of the top five pharmaceuticals in the, in the world. And they had a dedicated team just to manage copying of data between the silos, like not even managing like the infrastructure or the storage, just copying of data between the silos. So you can imagine, you know, how complicated it is. Uh, you know, people are just dealing with all this, all these different vendors, these different silos, and they have dedicated teams to do one function, you know, just copying the data. So all that just goes away, you know, you set some policies and things just happen. 
So yes, there's beauty behind the scenes. There's containers running close to the data, but customers don't get to see any of that. You know, again, going back to the Google analogy, we just use these hyperscalers. We just, you know, they provide us with an API. We point our browsers to it and things just work. Uh, and all the complexity is hidden to, um, to the end user. And the same vision is something that we want to bring to our, our, our customers. They just get to operate a, single, a simple UI that um, spans their multi-cloud environment. It's a SaaS service that runs on, 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 on the cloud, but it can also run on-premise if they don't, don't want to run in the cloud. And through that, they control their whole environment. They can search anything. They can search for GDPR purposes. They can detect ransomware. They can uh, you know, do governance through it. They can do security stuff. It's just, you know, that's the vision we want to bring to the world. And as we both know, working uh, with customers in highly regulated environments, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, the regulators are asking for more information about uh, where data sits, how it's protected uh, for the, you know, I think good of the consumer at the end of the day, but it's really hard to provide that service if you don't know where your data is, if it's across many different platforms, if you don't have good reporting, so all that uh, really is key, especially as volumes grow, data is distributed. Uh, so I think uh, you know that's just another huge piece of value uh, you can get out of the, the platform. Uh, I wanna thank you for the time today. Uh, we've got a great partnership going and we're really excited about where the platform's going and our joint customers uh, continue to be very happy with uh, Cohesity and uh, the outcomes they're getting. So appreciate you jumping on with me today and uh, look forward to uh, uh, continuing to uh, solve these types of problems that we've talked about today. Absolutely, Eric, and thank you for having me here. Um, we look ahead to a great partnership with Ahead. <laughs> to a strong 2021. We'll talk soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Looking Ahead, featuring Eric Kaplan. Looking Ahead is produced by Ahead, experts in delivering enterprise cloud infrastructure, intelligent operations, and modern applications. We build platforms for digital business. Learn more at ahead.com.